young, young gospel. Gospel. I got you. I got you. I got you. Young gospels. Building. My hope is not the ceiling. My hope is that I hope these Christians really do feel me. Mama, I'm a different Christian. I'm on a different path. I took a different mission. The blood, the life. I got the passion of the Christ. Everyone's so hostile. They used to call me T Money, now it's Young Gospel. Go with me to a land you'll never see. It's free, but it's sex and serenity. Yeah. What's up, everybody? It is your boy, your host, Young Gospel, and I'm here with another great podcast, hopefully to motivate you uh, to do good things in Christ. And this podcast is going to be titled Endurance. So what is endurance? Endurance, well, the definition of endurance is the act, quality, or power of withstanding hardship or stress. So it's about withstanding hardship or stress. Now, why am I giving you guys a definition of endurance? Well, the Bible speaks a lot about endurance. The word comes up a lot. Now, I'm going to be reading from Romans uh, I believe this is Romans, sorry, give me a second. It's going to be Romans 4, sorry, Romans 5. Oh, the Bible says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance. There's a lot of Christians out there who think that uh, Christians should not suffer. Christians should not go through any hardship, but that's far from the truth. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, never promised us that. He's actually telling us the opposite. Here in Romans 5, 3, he's actually saying not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Now, Jesus didn't directly say this. This is being said by the Apostle Paul. But when I say Jesus is saying this, is because all of the Bible is inspired by God through these apostles. So God is not promising us that we will never suffer, but he is promising us that he will always be there in our suffering. So check out what the next verse over says. It says, and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. All of us have been given the Holy Spirit. Those of us that have called upon it, those of us that believe in Christ as Lord and Savior, and we call upon the helper, the helper is the Holy Spirit. 
It is a spirit that dwells in us. It is a spirit that's constantly talking to us and constantly guiding us and telling us exactly what we should and should not do. Some people call it that little voice that you have in the back of your head that sometimes when somebody entices you to do something that you know you're not supposed to do, that little voice says, hey, don't do that. Move away. Go away. Get out of there. Go home. And sometimes we ignore that voice. But that's the voice that God has put into us Christians, the ones that have the Holy Spirit, the ones that have asked for the Holy Spirit, the ones that have called upon the Holy Spirit. We have that voice in the back of our head that is constantly telling us, don't do this, don't do that, or do this and do that. The Holy Spirit could also tell us to do something for somebody, a good, righteous act for somebody, somebody who we see suffering, somebody who we see in distress. Um, we can help those people out. So the Holy Spirit is constantly giving us the correct route to take. So it's like GPS. You know, the Holy Spirit is our navigation system to heaven. Remember what the Bible, the acronym Bible is basic instructions before leaving earth. That's how I break down B-I-B-L-E, but the endurance part, right? So we have to endure. We have to sometimes, you know, I think Rocky said it the best in, in one of the movies. He said, it's not about how hard you can get hit and keep on moving forward. So yes, we are as Christians are going to suffer, but how much suffering can we take? And not only that, but how much suffering can we put onto God? Because God says that those of us that are tired, we need to put our weight issues on him. He's the one that's going to take these things upon himself. So you don't have to hold on to stress. You don't have to hold on to anxiety. You just have to know that we are going to suffer. But we can cast all of our burdens upon our Lord Jesus Christ and Savior who is constantly trying to make us lighter. So let's learn how to how to put our problems on on God and not carry it all ourselves. But let's also understand that suffering is going to happen. We are in an imperfect world. We are all sinners. We are all on this earth and everybody here is going to have some type of suffering. The Bible says that the sun comes out for the just and the unjust. It rains for the just and the unjust. So we are not the exception, but we are to be the example that when we do suffer, we're not, you know, kicking a can around. We're not angry. We're not producing these things that the secular world produces, but that we are continually praying and giving it to God and always trusting in God and having faith that regardless of what happens, he has our back. Our next passage, which is also uh, a passage of endurance. So this is second Colossians uh, six, and we're going to start at the very top. It says working together with him. Then we appeal to you not to receive the grace in God of God in vain. For he says in a favorable time, I listened to you and in a day of salvation, I helped you. Behold, now is a favorable time. Behold, now is a day of salvation. We put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. As servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance in affliction 
hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonment, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left. Through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise, we are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as punished and not yet killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing everything. We have spoken freely to you. Corinthians, our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted in your own affections. In return, I speak as to children within your heart also. This is like poetry. So basically, the Apostle Paul says that these are all of the things that has happened in his life. He is talking about in affliction, in hardship in calamities, in beatings, imprisonment, in riots, in labors, in sleepless nights, with hunger. I mean, I don't know about you, but when you're hungry, you can barely even sleep. I know there's a few times where sometimes I'm fasting and I can barely even go to sleep. I will get four or five hours of sleep at the most and then my stomach just wakes me up and I can no longer sleep. But Look at what he says. He says, through slander and praise. He says, we are treated as imposters, yet are true. The world is going to treat you as an imposter, but yet what you're saying is true. Look at he says, as unknown and yet well known. The world is not going to know you, but those that follow you, those that believe that you are seeking Christ. And I'm not saying that you have followers in this righteous way, but those people that look up to you, those that young generation you're going to be well known he says as dying and behold yet we live as punished yet not killed the world is going to try to punish us but only god decides when he takes us he says as sorrowful yet always rejoicing as poor yet making many rich see the apostle paul's vision and mission wasn't to go out there and make himself rich But he did do a lot of work for the churches and some of the churches were becoming very wealthy because of the Apostle Paul. But the Apostle Paul didn't want to take anything. So he says uh, that he was poor, but yet he was making many rich. He says as having nothing yet possessing everything. I went through a time in my life where I was collecting things, whether it was like cards or it was uh lighters i had this thing with like these old type of lighters um really i'm only using them to light candles some of them don't even work but i would collect like these old vintage lighters i really liked how they looked i really liked the way people put them together it was just awesome and then i started collecting hats for a while and sometimes i thought that i had everything i was like oh man look at what i have but sometimes when I would be in, in, in complete devotion and I would have the Holy Spirit come upon me, I would realize that those things mean nothing to me. And if I lost all those things overnight, I would completely understand that I still possess 
everything. And that's what the Apostle Paul says here. And you will not understand what everything is until you're stripped of everything. And then once you're stripped of everything, you will realize that those things that you were stripped of was were nothing because the Holy Spirit lives in you. Nobody can strip that from you. People can come and repossess your vehicle. People can come and repossess your home if you don't pay your property taxes. People can come and and, and a thief can break in and steal all your camera equipment, um, your computer, your, your Apple products. People can come in and steal it all. But one thing that people cannot steal from you is the Holy Spirit in you. And the Holy Spirit in you can, can and will always create the feeling of having it all. The Apostle Paul says, we have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open. So he's speaking to the church and saying, we have, we have spoken openly to you, freely to you. Okay. So I know that this podcast, I mean, I'm really trying to keep it about endurance, but there's so many great things here with these passages. And of course, endurance is one of the greatest things. Because the very first thing before the Apostle Paul rifles off all of these bad things that have happened to him. Okay, let's just go back to that real quick. It says, but as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way. We commend ourselves in every way by great endurance. So regardless of all of these things that are happening to you, regardless of all these good and bad things that sometimes happen in our lives, Let's always understand that this is not a sprint. This is not a 50-yard dash. This is a marathon, and we have to pace ourselves. You know, endurance doesn't always mean fast, getting somewhere quickly, being the first one to get there. It means that the road is long, and we have to endure the things that are going to come our way. The things that the enemy is going to throw at us, the things that bad people are going to throw at us, the things that some of our family members are going to throw at us. And those are the things that get the hardest because you always expect for your family to have your back. But unfortunately, they, they don't. Not every time will they. Your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, there's probably going to be people in your family that are not going to be Christian and that are not going to share your same views when it comes down to Christianity, to religion, but that's okay. Because regardless of all of these things that may happen in your life, the Bible tells us to endure, to have great endurance. And regardless of hardships, regardless of beatings, regardless of imprisonments, regardless of riots, regardless of sleepless nights, regardless of hunger, we have to have endurance. And who better to tell us than Paul? Paul is explaining to us that regardless of all these things, we have to endure. Here's another one. This one is coming from uh, Colossians, and this is going to be Colossians 1, 9. And it says, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might for all endurance 
and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now, this one's called Thanksgiving and Prayer. So, again, with all endurance and patience and with joy. So now we're having another one added here with joy. See, all endurance doesn't always mean all endurance in a way where you've endured all these things. So you're very serious. You're very uh, uh, stoic. You're very prideful. No, it says all endurance and patience, right? With joy. We have to be happy when these tests come our way because we know that we are being looked upon by our Lord Jesus Christ, Savior, who is setting us up for success. It's like when you get a promotion at work. When you get a promotion at work, you don't see it as a negative thing. You do see it as a new challenge, but you also see it with a lot of joy because you know that this is going to have a reward, probably more money, probably a corner office probably uh more perks um maybe you'll be able to have your own office which in consequence you could have your own coffee machine you could have your own water dispenser in there i don't know but the point is is we have to have endurance with patience and with joy let's not run a race where we do get ahead and and we feel like we're we're rocking and rolling but we're mad at the world. We're serious. We can't talk to nobody about God. We don't we don't share our testimony with anyone. A lot of people are like that. I've met a lot of Christians that a year went by at work and I didn't even know they were Christian and then just one day cuz I asked they said, "Yeah, I'm a Christian." And in my head I'm like, "Why didn't you ever say anything?" Why didn't you ever talk about Christianity? Why haven't you mentioned Jesus one time? We've went to lunch for a whole year together, and I never once heard you share the gospel with anyone. And you guys have to remember those 30 minutes that you get at lunchtime, those are yours. Those two 15-minute breaks, those are not. Those are technically your own company's time. Most companies don't even let you walk away from the job site because you are on company time. But that 30 minutes of break time, that's completely yours. You're off the clock. And I've always seen it as a perfect opportunity for me to really get to know people. And if I can, I always ask God to put somebody in my life that I can minister the word of God to. Whether that's somebody that's young, whether that's somebody that's you know older, more seasoned, has been at work for a while, or maybe just somebody who's kind of in the middle of the road. But the point is, is find that that's that time you know ask god for that perfect timing for you to minister god's word because it is very important that we run this race and we try to bring other people along with us so that they also may find salvation so that we can have more souls in heaven and remember that the angels rejoice the heavens rejoice when we bring another sinner into a state of repentance which really and essentially repentance means completely changing your mind. It's a change of mind. It's, it's 
doing a 180 and walking the other way, walking with Jesus. All right, this one's coming from 2 Timothy, and it says here, this the introduction. It says, Paul wrote this letter as he awaited execution. Think about it. Paul knew he was going to die. How many of us have became ill or sick and we think we're going to die? And we start looking at Google and Google starts telling us all of these crazy symptoms that we think are happening to us in our lives. And think about how much anxiety that fills you with at times. And here, Paul knows he's going to die. Paul's just awaiting the day that they bring him out of the cell and they execute him. And even on his, even at death's door, he says this, despite all that Paul was facing, death, the end of his ministry, abandonment by most of his friends for fear of persecution. Think about it, your friends are not even standing next to you because they don't want to be killed. He faithfully directed his spiritual son, Timothy, to the hope that is in Christ. As he exhorted Timothy to boldness, check this out, to endurance and faithfulness in the face of false teaching. Paul showed his customary concern for sound doctrine. Scripture, said Paul, is breathed out by God. And is sufficient in all things pertaining to the faith and practice of Christians. Older believers, therefore, should be eager to pass on their knowledge of Scripture to those who are younger in the faith. Paul probably wrote from Rome, A.D. 67 or 68. So, perfect example right there. Should be eager to pass on their knowledge of Scripture to those who are younger in the faith. And that's exactly what Paul was doing with Timothy. But he exhorts them. Exhorting means... To motivate. So he motivates Timothy to boldness, to not be afraid, to speak the truth, to be bold, is to just, is to speak with, with such conviction of the truth. It says in, and in endurance and faithfulness in the face of faulty, of false teachings. So back in the day, he's given us a glimpse of what it was like. There was a lot of false teachers back in the day. People who were trying to, I don't know, they were trying to gain followers. They were trying to gain notoriety. Um, a lot of people were falsifying certain parts of, of, of the Bible. And they would teach things that sounded good, but were not. They were false. Or these people would be teaching something, but on the back end, they were making money off of their followers. They were charging a fee, or they were telling them this is how much to buy in, or they were collecting tithes, but they were using them on themselves, and they were buying fancy things. Who knows what? Maybe clothing, maybe jewelry, maybe animals, livestock, right? That was very big back in the day livestock trading of livestock um, being able to get around on your feet versus getting around on a camel there's a big difference right you're going to get places faster if you have a camel or a horse so he's exhorting timothy to boldness and endurance which is the same thing that i would tell you guys be bold i've always told all of you guys start a podcast don't be afraid speak up yeah this 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 type of content will get you canceled this type of content will get you demonetized. You're not going to make any money, but I don't want to make money. 
Because just as Paul said, even though we're poor, we've made people rich. I guarantee that somebody on one of these platforms is collecting the monetization. Some of my videos have ads. I'm not collecting any money off those ads. Somebody is. It's not me because I can't be monetized because of what I talk about, because of the things that I have said. But again, we have to be bold. This is not a time to to hide our beliefs. This is not a time to hide our values. This is a time to live out our values. You don't live out your values in a time of of comfort because that's very easy. It's very easy to live out your values when people are not oppressing you, when people are not telling you that your ideas are false, that you're misleading people. It's it's very easy to live out your values when times are easy. But are you going to live out your values when times get tough, when the enemy is out there marching, oppressing you, trying to convict you, trying to dox you? Typically, the doxing situation, it, it's, it's a call to action. People are putting your address out there because they're hoping some lunatic will come to your house and shoot your house up or break into your house and try to drag you out and kill you. Now, remember what Paul says. And, you know, let me just go back to that real quick, because I think it's very, very important. He says in riots, okay, imprisonment and riots. I don't know if any of you guys have ever been a part of a riot. But I'm going to tell you right now, it is, it's insane. I was a part of a riot and it didn't feel good. You don't even know who's on your side. It's You get lost and you don't know what's going on. And people just start attacking people. And you're just looking around thinking somebody's going to hit you next. It's not a good feeling. And I'm sure Paul was in many of those. So again, you have to live out your values now. We have to speak boldly now regardless of what the enemy has in store for us because we serve a god that is much more greater we serve a god that can do it all do not be afraid of the person who can take the body but be afraid of the person who can take the body and the soul and that's christ okay so last but not least this one doesn't have the word endurance in it but i really wanted to read it to you because it's kind of we're going to put a little bow on, on, on this podcast with this, okay? So this is going to be Matthew 19, uh, 27. It says, Then Peter said in reply, See, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? So Peter right here is trying to ask Jesus, Well, what are we going to have? We, we've left it all. We don't have anything. So Peter's just wondering, like, because he's thinking with his carnal body, like, well, what are we going to have? And Jesus said to them, okay, because he was standing amongst the apostles. Truly, I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones. Now, he was talking about the 12 tribes, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit okay and will inherit eternal life but listen to this but many 
who are first will be last and the last will be first. What is this saying? We can read into this, but we can also make our own conclusion from this, that a lot of people who are running this great race, a lot of people who are already in the Christian walk, who have been here 10, 15, 20 years, they might be deceived. If we did not put our faith in Jesus, if we did not put our faith in Jesus, not our faith in the pastor, not our faith in a church, not our faith in the people, not our faith in the feelings, not our faith on our riches, on what we can get from being Christians, on what we could get for having a good tithing record. No, but when we put our eyes on Jesus, okay, we will not be deceived. But there's many that will be deceived because they have put their eyes on all of these other things. And it says, but many who are first will be last and the last will be first. Did you know that if somebody gets into a car accident tonight and goes to the hospital and if they were on the fence about Christianity, but they told them, hey, you're probably going to die. We don't have a blood transfusion. We don't have the kidney that you require. You don't, we don't have a liver transplant, a heart transplant. But if that person receives Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they will be first. And you who have been going around knocking on doors, evangelizing, but you have set your eyes on money. You have set your eyes on lust. You have set your eyes on material things. You might be last. So today, I exhort you guys the same way Paul did Timothy. And I ask you, run this race with endurance. Run this race with patience and run this patience and run this race with joy. And the same thing that I'm willing to tell you guys is coming right back at me. I'm preaching to the mirror here. I'm preaching to the choir here. We know that we all have to do this. But who's going to dare to bring the word of God out? Who's going to dare to yell his name from the rooftops? Who? It's got to be me and it's got to be you. Look, I love you in Jesus name. Okay. I really do feel that endurance is a big word. Look it up. Do a quick search on endurance through the Bible and you're going to see how many times this word pops up and in the most important times because we have to endure. We can't back down. We can't be afraid. We can't let fear fill our hearts like some of us have in the past. Let's put fear aside and let's run this race with endurance. I love you guys in Jesus name. This is Young Gospel. This is Young Gospel's podcast. We're out. Young, young gospel, gospel, gospel. I got you. I got you. I got you. Young gospel's podcast. Get ready. Hope is in the building.
building My hope is not the ceiling My hope is that I hope these Christians really do feel me Mama, I'm a different Christian I'm on a different path I took a different mission The blood, the life I got the passion of the Christ Everyone's so hostile They used to call me T-Money Now it's Young Gospel Go with me to a land you'll never see It's free, but it takes sincerity Yeah, Gospels Podcast.